Get ready Thursday mornings to listen to Molana Ibrahim Baum as he discusses common social issues prevalent in our society today. Tune in to the social program every Thursday mornings from 9 a.m. until 10 a.m. for an enlightening and interesting discussion on widespread topics that affect us all. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome you to the Airwaves of Radio Islam International this Thursday morning. 9.11 is the time and I'll be in your company till 10 a.m. this morning. I'm sitting in for my Ibrahim Dayam. Maranai is out on leave and uh, we have Maranai Ibrahim Bam with us on the line. Maranai, always a great pleasure to have you doing the program with us and for myself a great pleasure to share this podium with yourself. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make this program a means of benefit for all of us. Maranai, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And assalamu alaikum to all the esteemed listeners of Radio Islam. So Ma, we have been uh, currently, uh, Marana has been discussing the book 30 Ways to Happiness and Marana has been going through this book chapter by chapter. There's some really amazing points to ponder when we go through this book. Uh, People complain, people say that, you know, just find it very difficult to be happy and there's so much of negativity around of, uh, around us. But when we really look at it and if we really do some soul searching and if we really look within ourselves, there are many, many, many ways and many, many things that can make us happy. And that is what this book takes us through, the different ways uh, that we can uh, employ within our means to make us happy and things that we can stay away from that will make us uh, or give us that negative feeling and make us feel sad. So it, it's very important that we try and adopt all these ways and uh, that is the whole reason and the whole purpose why Monana has been going through this book. Monana, if, um, if Monana will be so kind just to do a recap, the, 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 the 10th chapter or the 10th way to, to keep yourself happy is to avoid comparisons and that is what Monana discussed last week. There was a very interesting quote that is mentioned in the book, Comparison is the thief of joy. Malan, can just do a recap of last week's Yes, uh, we, last week we spoke about the hell aspect with regard to, um, you know, comparison. And one, one of the reasons is that uh, today we are living in a, in, a, in a world where many things are highlighted uh, mm. with regard to social media, etc. And uh, many times people do compare themselves with others which is a thief of joy. There is no doubt whatsoever. If you're always going to look at certain people who have more than you materially, you are always going to feel whatever you have is inadequate. That's a natural human psyche. Now, when we look at what, what uh, this whole situation is, Nabi Karim Sallallahu has told us, mm-hmm. that when you look at uh, people who have, uh, don't look at people who have more than you in terms of material wealth. Look at people who have less than you, you will be, more grateful to Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you've got a Toyota car and you're always looking at people who got German sedans, then you're always going to regard your, you know, your, your car as inadequate. Mm-hmm. But if you look at someone who doesn't even have that, or maybe may I dare say in today's time, you, you know, uh, you see, you got a Toyota Corolla and you got, and you see someone who's got a Tata, then you might say, alright, Alhamdulillah, Jazakallah, at least I got something that is maybe perhaps better in terms of status. So, comparison really, and one of the, one of the, and a point that Muftisab also made mention in that chapter in which we spend some time, the problem that we always do is that we are comparing other people's external life uh, with our internal situation. 
So bloggers, for example, will put up everything. They will put up the fact that uh, they are going on a holiday, they are going on vacation, uh, where they are eating, uh, the type of cuisine they are having when they are eating. And of course, we know I don't need to tell anyone who is in that particular field of Instagram and social media will know about it. So uh, you, you're comparing his, the, the outside, you don't know the challenges. You don't know what they're going through in their day-to-day life, but you are looking at what they expose themselves, or at least the exterior, and then you are trying to make that into a comparison for your happiness, which is very, very unfair. So these are some of the points that we we had made mention of last week, and I think um, there was also very good interaction, and today also we hope, inshallah, listeners will interact with us. Hopefully there will be interaction. So for the listeners, you can interact with us. You can send your messages through and we will take your messages. We will read out your messages as well. Uh, 072-786-1548. That's 072-786-1548. The chapter that we will be discussing today, the 11th chapter or the 11th way to find happiness in your life, is uh, the point is buying things will not make you happy. Buying things will not make you happy. Now, as uh, Muftisap uh, mentions in the book, um, uh, we buy things because we believe that they will make us happier, whether it be uh, a new pair of shoes, new cars, whatever it is. But we buy things to impress others, thinking that it's going to make us happy. Well, this is a, this is a common trend that nowadays we, we're living in a world. I, I think uh, last week I made mention of an hypothetical incident which uh, recently Molana Sajjad who imparted so much of wisdom and his vision uh, during his uh, trip and you know in a neutral masjid uh, he gave this very beautiful example which I think even if I did say it last week I think it is worthy of repeating Mm. Um, and during the course of the week I I had a a session with the youngsters in in Durban and my topic was uh, achieving happiness uh, in, in a society which has become hyper-active. Uh, How do we achieve uh, happiness in that society? Now, in that is a very wonderful incident, which I think has a great bearing on what, what we are discussing. He says that uh, a king was depressed. And many times you find the people who are in higher positions, uh, they do have this uh, type of depression. For example, we think that people who are, uh, you know, very wealthy, have material things, they are always uh, more happier. It doesn't normally happen. I always like to quote the statement of um, Christina Onassis. Christina Onassis. Now, she was a sole heiress of the Aristotle uh, Empire. All right, now, there's a big, big, uh, you know, uh, empire. Uh, uh, subject to correction, I think her mother was, of course, the first lady in the United States of America. So she became the sole heiress, and she was uh, regarded to be, at that time, the wealthiest woman in the world. So one day, uh, a journalist asked her, you are the wealthiest woman in the world, and she immediately retorted and said, the wealthiest but the most unhappiest woman in the world. The wealthiest, but the most unhappy. And then, of course, after a week or two after that interview, she died in mysterious circumstances. And many conclude that she had committed suicide. Now, this is the reality with regard to the situation. Now, uh, Molana gave this example, a hypothetical example. A king was very depressed. So they called the Hakim, they called the doctor, and he said that um, there's easy way to cure this uh, Hakim, you know, this king. Make him wear the kurta of a very happy person Mm. and he will be cured from his depression. So 
So the courtiers and uh, the advisors became very happy. Oh, here's an easy way that we will cure him, uh, or at least the means of cure. Uh, we will make him wear uh, the kurta of a very uh, happy person, and he will be cured. So they started asking all the ministers. Now the minister of defense, the strategic advisor, the advisor to the king, asking them, you must be very happy. Give us your kurta so we can give the king to wear, and he will be, according to what the hakim said, it will be the means of his cure. So everyone they went to, they said, see, we got... We've got 50 kurtas here. We've got a whole dozen, dozen, two dozen kurtas here. But if you ask if we are completely happy, no, we're not happy because we have our challenges. And we can't tell you that we are completely happy. They went to person to person, all the people who were close to the king, and they couldn't fight. And they just, more and more they are asking and, you know, asking the people whom they think they are happy. Each and everyone said, no, we've got challenges in our life. We're not completely happy. So they started searching beyond the cities. And then one day they came to a person on the village outside the city and he was playing with his children mm. and he was throwing water over him and he was laughing and it just seemed that he was extremely happy because he was playing with his children. The children were laughing. He was laughing. And they said, here is a person who really looks happy. So they asked him and said, uh, are you happy? They said, we are very, very, I'm very happy. Allah has given me happiness. So they said, Alhamdulillah, our matter is done. So they said, uh, the, you know, the king has asked us that you must give, uh, you must give uh, him his kurta because if he wears the kurta of a happy person, he will be cured from depression. Hmm. So, uh, you know, the person said, what am I going to get out of that? First he asked, he said, well, you know, when you give this to the king, uh, the king will always uh, uh, thank you and he will put you amongst his list of close people and you will always receive some form of benefits from him because you have assisted the king. So after listening to all of it, he said, see, I'm very happy, but I got no kurta. I have no kurta to wear. Uh, sure. I've just got this whole particular situation that you are mm-hmm. finding. This is my, my clothes. So the person who was happy didn't have a kurta. And the people who had Dozens of kurtas were not happy. Mm. So we need to take away this fact that because we are going to get commodities, and today one of the cultures of the world is to entice people towards consumerism. It is almost the more you buy, the more you will be happy. So we have the Black Friday sales, and we have you know people who are all the time speaking about uh, sales, uh, you know, this sale, 20% sale, the 50% sale. And we as, you know, Indians, we love sales, you know. Mm-hmm. We will spend 50 rand petrol to go and get a 20 rand discount. <laughs> but that, that is our reality. And mm. especially if it is butter on sale, you know, then we, we <laughs> definitely on discount, then we definitely going to travel. Even if we have to spend more in petrol, then the discount we are going to get with regard to butter. But the point that I'm making, consumerism doesn't guarantee happiness. You feel that I'm going to get the latest sneaker. So I'm going to get the latest Nike has come out with a particular brand of shoes that everyone is talking about. And if I get it, the youngster feel if I get it, I will become the envy of my friends. Uh, the businessman feels that there is a car that if I drive, the moment I drive this car, uh, people will envy me, I will become happy. Uh, the, young, the young person feels that uh, if I moment I get the latest uh, phone, you know, and today it is, it's a reality. I mean, in places like India, for example, people have committed theft uh, just to get a, 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 the latest phone because the latest gadget, because it gives them a certain degree of pride and honor among their peers. 
So if I get that, I'm going to be happy. And then all of a sudden, you find that when you get it, after a few months, there's another model that comes up, and the whole circle just goes on and on and on. By the time you get the latest gadget, by the time you get the latest car, by the time you get the latest type of uh, sneakers, or the latest brand with regard to, uh, you know, a jacket or something like that, uh, a time has come that that has become redundant, and there's a need to, to top it up with something new. It's never, ever going to give you uh, complete happiness. Yeah, that is the reality. It's never going to give you complete happiness. As Manana said very beautifully, the more you spend, the more you're going to want to spend. And uh, there doesn't come an end to it. You buy something today, tomorrow there's a later model that comes out. There's something better, something smarter, something faster uh, that comes out, and it just doesn't end. So if that, uh, if, 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 if uh, material wealth and buying this, uh, making these particular purchases is what is making you happy, then you really need to do some soul searching. You really need to look within yourself and, uh, and, and, and find out where you are and how can you get out of this uh, type of happiness, because that is not long-lasting happiness. Uh, there's a very important point that is going that um, we, you know, uh, the, the, the things that we buy, they do provide instant gratification and they might excite you for a moment. This is something that is very common nowadays is to look for instant gratification. Yes, Moana, you know, the, 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 the other point that we, we must keep in mind, Allah has made certain things in this world uh, very appealing to us. There is no doubt whatsoever. It is very, very appealing to us. So you will find situations where Allah Ta'ala in the Quran says, Zuyina linnasi hubbu shahawati minan nisa'i wal banina wal qanatiri al-muqantarati minal zahabi wal fidda. Allah has adorned for human, humankind, hubbu shahawat, the love of desire, attraction towards the common, the, the opposite sex. Uh, it, it is there, minan nisa'i, zuyina linnasi hubbu shahawati minan nisa'i. Uh, and then uh, our children, gold and silver, and uh, you know, horses that are known for their pedigree, which are marked. So in today's time, you can say uh, the horses would be like cars, mm-hmm. you know, expensive cars and conveyance. Uh, and uh, livestock, which was a means of... Um, uh, you know, wealth at that time. Look at the beauty. Look at the beauty of the Quran speaking about things that people take pride in and they love. So Allah says that these things are going to be at- appealing to you. The point that we need to be making is that while it is appealing, do not make it the basis of success and happiness. Because uh, it, it is there for, for you to use. It is there to serve you, not for you to serve it. That's the, the mistake everyone do. Allah has given you a phone for you to serve, for you, for it to serve you, to make it easy for you to communicate. Allah has made it and given you a car uh, for you to utilize it, to serve you, to go from one place to the other. Allah didn't give you the car that you must start serving the car and regarding yourself as successful because of the car. Uh, that is not, you know, that is not uh, the, the situation. Allah has given you, um, you know, mules and horses uh, to, to, to convey 
can go for conveyance from one place to another and a means of adornment. There's nothing wrong with that. To utilize it is not wrong. The point is, is it a basis of happiness? And if I don't get the latest, is it a means of me getting said? And I think that that is something that we need to keep in mind, the bigger picture. As Umar anhu in his time, there was a very interesting situation. Umar anhu, when the treasures of the Roman and the Persian Empire came and Allah Ta'ala granted victory to the Muslims and you know there was you know great amount of wealth in the courtyard of Majid Nabawi. So Umar Ta'ala, when he saw all of that he started crying. Umar started crying. So Sahaba who were close to Umar they said Umar you are crying when the people of Medina are happy. You are crying when the people of Medina are happy. Why are you crying? Uh, everyone is happy that Allah has given us wealth, Allah will make it easy for us in terms of our risk and our sustenance. So Umar said, I know, I'm not denying the fact that these are appealing and attractive to humankind. I'm not denying because Allah Ta'ala has made mention of it. But I just know the consequences of what the wealth that comes thereafter. And the consequences is that whenever these things come, it is always followed by fitna. It is always followed by love for it, which takes you away from deen, and it is always followed by disputes and arguments. Now that is what we have to see. The mm-hmm. fact that we are attracted to it is going to happen, but where do we draw the line? Yes, we will use it, we will utilize it, so it will be a means of serving us, not we must serve it to the detriment of our deen, the detriment of our human relationships, and the detriment of our goodness in this world and the after. If we continue with the book, Mufti Sab then goes on to quote a verse of the Noble Quran when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Kul dunya qalil. That, oh my beloved Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa say to the people that every single thing that exists in this world is but trivial. That is, it is very small and insignificant in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yes, no doubt whatsoever. And we, we need to keep this perspective in mind. Uh, to utilize wealth is, is permissible. To accumulate it is permissible. The ulama have given this example with regard to water and the ship. That as long as the ship is above the water and water doesn't enter the ship, then it will facilitate the smooth sailing of the ship. But the moment water comes into the ship, that very same water that facilitated the movement and the sailing of the ship will become the means of the sinking of the ship. Similar with regard to dunya. As long as dunya is kept as a means of facilitation of our needs, then it will help us into fulfilling our needs. Mm. But the moment dunya comes into our heart and we start loving it and we start neglecting greater priorities, then that the very same dunya, the very same material world which we have used as a means of fulfilling our needs becomes a means of our spiritual destruction. And I think that the example is very beautiful. Um, uh, Muftizab speaks about Qul dunya qalil. It's a very beautiful verse in the Holy Quran to give us perspective. Mm-hmm. And this is in the 21st Supara of the Holy Quran in Surah Zukhruf. In fact, the whole Surah finds its name because of this example. Had it not been for the fact that everyone would have become one ummah. Allah says, I would have given those who deny me. 
لِبُيُوتِهِمْ I would have given them homes سُقُفًا مِنْ فِدَّةِ The ceiling of those homes would have been made of silver. وَمَعَارِجَ عَلَيْهَا يَذَرُونَ The same with regard to the staircases وَزُخْرُفَ I would have given them all adornments. I would have given it to whom? Says Allah, to those who deny me. Why didn't I do it? That for the sake of that dunya, for the sake of that adornment, for the sake of that beautiful homes, people would have lined up to deny Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Therefore, I didn't put that temptation in front of humankind. Otherwise, I would have given it freely available to those who deny me. That is the reality and the worth of the material world in front of Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Therefore, you have heard the hadith that Nabi Akareem sallallahu said, if the value of this world was equivalent to the wing of a mosquito, Allah would not have given a person who denies Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala even a glass of water to drink. Allah gives them sometimes more than the believers because it is not worthwhile, it is not valuable. In, in itself it is not valuable, it becomes valuable when you utilize it correctly. So I think people, Qul Mata'u Dunya Qalil, Mufti Sahib has reminded us so beautifully with regard to the aspect of, of material things. Most certainly. Mother, is, uh, I see there's one or two messages that has come through. Can we, can we read out these messages? Yeah, sure, Mark sure. can probably comment on it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so there's a message here. We're just waiting. Okay, there it opens. The question reads, Assalamu alaikum. Jazakallah to Mulana for the wonderful program. Mulana, how do we handle family and friends that keep on harping about their Black Friday deals and keep on asking us, so what did you buy? Well, the point. <laughs> well, the, the thing is, if it gives them satisfaction, now you, why why should we feel in any way uh, inadequate because of that? Mm. I mean, I, I uh, for the past two years, I've I've never even touched uh, a Black Friday sale. Other than when you go to your normal grocery shopping, and sometimes there are certain specials that come about because of Black Friday, and you take advantage of it. But going out to actually buy something specific, a gadget, I, I, I haven't bought it. That one made me feel in any way inadequate uh, or feel that I've lost out on something. Again, I mean, it just depends upon how much you give. Uh, I, I, I don't, I mean, of course, Black Friday... All, by and large, the ulama have given permissibility to take part of, to take part in the deal. And if there is a deal, or if there is, for example, a cell phone contract that is uh, very, very appealing to you, you can use it. It's not wrong. It's, it's not haram. But the point is, it's not, a, it's not an accomplishment. It is not something that you feel great about it, or you feel that if I don't do it, I, I, I have lost out. It's not a means of happiness. It mm. is a means of utilization. It's a means of utilizing it as a means of, of need, just to fulfill your need. But Jazakallah for that. It just is to show you that how people sometimes do react with regard to these type of things. Jazakallah so much for that uh, message. Gee, and and, 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 and uh, people sometimes feel, you know, I mean, uh, when maybe friends or family, people that you with, people that you stay with, they keep on going on, uh, I bought this, I bought this, and you maybe didn't buy anything because you didn't feel that there was worth spending on anything. But for 
for for for some some people and i would i would suppose specifically women they 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 find this a bit difficult to go through you know when others are going through what all they spent on and you didn't spend on anything that can sometimes be a bit difficult I for them or not you know i went to go and buy this material from dubai and it was so beautiful and it was so cheap and then all of a sudden you feel inadequate come on mm-hmm. uh, you then you have to start looking at yourself that uh, are you going to gain happiness by something that is external or is happiness something that is internal again Molana Sajad made mention of this point so beautifully. He said, where is the seat of happiness? The seat of happiness is the heart. So right. no one ever says, no one ever says uh, that, um, you know, uh, no one ever says that today my ears were very happy. Mm-hmm. Never everyone says, my nose is very happy today. <laughs> Because no one regards that to be a place of happiness. The happiness is in the heart. So why are we making external things to be the means of happiness when it is not supposed to be the means of happiness i think it's an important point for us to understand that most certainly another message is today we are drowning in debt yet we spend so much well that is something that is very very amazing uh, the very famous uh, statement that uh, in many ways it has been uh, repeated many a times uh, many times we buy things we don't need with money we don't have to impress mm. people we don't know or we sometimes don't like <laughs> but we do it just for the sake that you know we feel that it's going to give us some sort of happiness uh, again just uh, uh, doesn't make sense but that's the reality of humankind today Okay, one more message that comes through, Manana. It's very similar to, to, to this issue about debt. Manana, how can we avoid the credit card crunch? It's eating us up where we're spending ridiculously because of the card. Well, again, uh, many things, this depends upon, um, you know, it depends upon discipline. This doesn't mean you've got the card that you must just go on a wild binge with regard to, at the end of the day, uh, after you use the card, you still have to pay it at the end of the month. And if mm. you don't pay it, you incur interest, which is haram. And just as to give interest, uh, to, to take interest is haram, to give interest is haram. So we, we have to be very careful with regard to that. It is, it is requires discipline. And of course, there's a famous uh, incident that people will make mention of that a person's card got stolen and um, he he didn't report it. Someone said, why are you not reporting? Your card got stolen. You know, the thief was going to start spending a lot of money uh, and you, you could lose out. He said, no, the thief is spending less than my spouse. <laughs> so, yeah, this is a situation we have to be careful about. I think at the end of the day, uh, we just have to keep in mind discipline in spending. Uh, Nabi Al-Karim Salsam said, ma'ala manik tafid. Mm. Poverty will not overtake the person who is thrifty in his spending. If you are thrifty in your spending, poverty will not overtake you. Uh, you have to be thrifty. You have to be careful with regard to your expenditure. You don't go uh, beyond your limit. Uh, and, uh, and of course, then you also have to keep in mind the, the, the point of what is very important is the situation of uh, the consequences of debt. Nabi Karim Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, uh, لِلشَّهِيد Allah Ta'ala will forgive the shaheed, the person who is a martyr, every guna except that. Mm. Allah won't forgive a person who takes debt and who does not make arrangement for the fulfillment and payment of that debt. Mm. Subhanallah, that is very, very, very true. It's, it's, it's very important, you know, to, to, to spend and to swipe the card and buying on credit, going to debt. 
at, 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 in the moment it might feel uh, the most pleasant feeling you might get when you're buying that, that new gadget, that new device, that new shoe, that new item of clothing, that new cell phone, that new computer, laptop. But uh, you've got to think of the consequences that is going to come after that. Do you have enough to then pay off that item that you are buying? Um, well, another, it's, it's more basically like a comment that they're sending. In the same context, what about people who make you feel that your house isn't nice enough? Well, you're living in the house. They can't. There's a very good, interesting saying, no one can make you feel inferior without your consent. Mm. No so, one no. can make you feel mm. inferior without your consent. I mean, if you are feeling inferior, it is with your consent. So no one can make you feel inferior without your consent, and everyone must live according to their means. Nabi Akarim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam didn't, you know, uh, uh, have a wonderful uh, aspect with regard to a beautiful home. We all know the situation. <laughs> it was so small that we hear from the hadith that Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala says that when Nabi Akarim sallallahu alayhi wa wanted to make sajda, and when he wanted to make sajda, he, uh, you know, he used to make a noise and Hazrat Aisha radiallahu used to fold up her uh, her legs so that Nabi Akarim sallallahu could make sajda. That's how small the room of Nabi sallallahu was. He was the greatest human being, the most successful human being. Why do we feel inferior? Live within your means. If that is what Allah Ta'ala has granted you, live according to that. And then there were pious people who, who didn't like this. Recently, uh, we were sitting in a group of amongst ulama and we were, you know, talking about uh, people our great ulama. So one of the ulama in, in, in our circles, Mufti Suleiman Pandor, you know, made mention, very amazing thing. You know, he said he was in the khidmat of Hazrat Sheikh, Hazrat Sheikh mm-hmm. Al-Hadid, Hazrat Mu'ana Zakaria Sahib, Rahmatullah mm-hmm. And it was just before Ramadan, and you know, Ramadan, a lot of people used to come. So there was, Kari Suj came from Medina, and they took permission from Hazrat uh, Sheikh Al-Hadid, Hazrat Mu'ana Zakaria Sahib, Sheikh Al-Hadid, and said that we want to put a, you know, a tart. Now, tart is just an ordinary mat, mm-hmm. you know. And so um, uh, Sheikh said, okay, p- prepare something like that for me and put a new new tart. Tart means just an ordinary mat, a straw mat. Right? Mm-hmm. So at that particular time, he said he and Karisuj, and they, they made the room a little bit nice. So they made it a little bit of, uh, you know, they you don't even have paint. They used to call it chuna. Chuna is a very um, insignificant and a lower rung uh, in terms of quality of paint. Mm-hmm. So they painted the room and they put the tart. But the tart was a little bit, the, the mat was a little bit colorful. Mm-hmm. So that day, Sheikh uh, al-Hadid received some guests and one of them made the comment that you have a very uh, you made your room very nice and uh, you got a, a carpet, now a mat and a carpet, kalin hmm. that means a mat and one hmm. is kalin and Hazrat Monana Sheikh al-Hadid got so angry, he said Africa wala kai where is it? Alim from Africa. You know, he called Mufti Suleiman Pandor and he started, you know, giving him and becoming angry with him. And he said, Yasin Nikolja, just go away from here. Mufti Suleiman said, I cried like you can't believe how I cried. <laughs> that because he had love for Hazrat Sheikh Hadid, Hazrat Muazakara, and he cried and he cried. He said, I didn't know what to do. And then someone went to tell uh, Sheikh Hadid that this is not a carpet, it's a mat, only it's a little bit of a colorful mat. 
And he said, uh, he said after uh, Mona Zakaria showed me so much love, and he had a particular word that he used to use to his close associate, Piare, Omere Piare, oh my beloved. So he said, oh my beloved, you know, I got nothing to do with this world. You know, I got nothing to do with this world. Mm. That is why I, I felt angry when someone told me that, you know, and, and the thought came that, you know, someone put an expensive carpet in my room. So, you know, we, we, we shouldn't get there. You know, I mean, the, the point that I'm making, if Allah gives someone, you know, utilize it, again, there's, there's, there's instances of our ulama, sahaba, who utilized. Mm. It's not wrong, it's not haram. But don't make it the basis of success and the basis of happiness. And the one who doesn't have it, how can he, be, how can he feel inferior? No one makes you inferior without your consent. Subhanallah, an amazing point and a very, very beautiful incident that Malana has mentioned. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the true love. Um, for yeah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, my, 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 uh, I won't like me making mention of it, but I think it's just such a beautiful, inter- uh, interesting incident. Most definitely, Ma. Um, well, just a message before we carry on. Happiness is making shukr for all we have, our home, for the meals and family. Value our health, make shukr for each breath that we take. Subhanallah. But another very also, Mufti Sahib also makes mention that when you buy new things, it comes with an added responsibility gee, gee, gee. Of, of looking after it. You mm. know, that, that creates a tension of its, on its own. Maybe, Mona, you can just maybe elaborate a little bit on that. That's an amazing point, Ma, because uh, as, as, as the heading suggests that we buy things, it's going to make us happy. But it actually, uh, it, it, it at many times can do the opposite uh, effect of that, to have the opposite result of that. Because as Mufti Sahib mentions here, that every possession that you are, we acquire, it actually adds extra worry to our lives. So every physical item that we bring into our lives represents one more thing, that either it can be broken, it can get damaged, it can get stolen... And the possessions that we have, the more, I mean, the more cars that you have, then the more maintenance that you need to do, the more car, you know, the license that you need to get, the more petrol you need to fill. So having five cars in ten cars sounds very impressive, but then there's more maintenance that you need to do. One is you have a one-bedroom, two-bedroom house. To clean it takes a certain amount of time. You have a ten-bedroom house, then you need maybe two domestic helpers in your house to clean that house. You have a bigger garden two, three swimming pools, there's more maintenance that you need. So the more that you have, the more you're going to be spending on keeping that item clean or uh, maintaining that item. There's no doubt whatsoever. I mean, that's the reality. I mean, uh, the more you have, the more you're going to account for it. You're going to account for it here in this world. You have to look after it. And in the year after, you have to account for it even Mm -hmm. greater. So when you have more, you have more to account for. And when you have less, you have less to look after and less to, to, to maintain it. So if you have a major big house, uh, you, have to, uh, you have to have more, more domestics, you have to have more detergents, you have to have more worries with regard to cleaning it. Again, I'm not saying that it is haram, but just have to just keep in mind. And of course, today there's a very big move to many people downscaling. So people might want to live in this but many times people downscale because they feel that uh, that particular lifestyle is just too far more uh, greater and it's just too much of a headache for me. So we have to keep in mind. And in this regard, one of these, there's two incidents I want to make mention of. Mm. One is a slightly... Uh, you know, uh, slightly uh, humorous, and mm-hmm. the other one is more serious. Just about okay. 
having more. Now, here in this world, you, I mean, the way you have made mention of it, Molana, there is a great amount of, uh, you know, worry about looking after when you have more. So it, it creates its own tension. Mm. It creates mm. its own situation where you, it creates more, more tension and more stress with regard to looking after things when you've got more. When you've got less, there's less. But mm. look at it from the year after. Now, what is a hypothetical humorous incident? Mm. They say that there was, um, uh, a, you know, a person, wealthy person who died. He passed away. Mm-hmm. So when he passed away, now there's no there's no delay for this. Don't come and ask me where in which kitab this is. This is just a hypothetical uh, humorous type of. So when he died, uh, the children who were there, the father had a lot of wealth. So they were worried about the child, the father's, uh, uh, you know, answer questioning in the cover. Mm. So they found a poor person. So Molana or someone, they found him and said, you stay one day, the first day, in the cover with our father, and we'll give you a million, a million rand. Stay with our father, that you know, that he can answer the questions mm. with regard to uh, the, what they will ask him. So he went into the cover, and Munker and Nankir came, and when they went to start asking him, you know, they said, why are you here? He said, I'm okay to help this person. He said, well, leave him alone. What have you got? So then I got a small jopri, I got a small house, I got a small car, I got very little. They started asking him questions on that particular car. That car, how do you get it? You're earning so much a month. How much do you spend? You know, how much do you spend? How much do you spend with regard to your necessities? And how much is it over and above your necessities? <laughs> he had to give several hours of answer to his little bit of possessions. He came mm-hmm. out of the cover the next day, and the children were very happy. And they said, here, take your one million land. Mm-hmm. He said, why keep your one million land? He said, why? That was a deal. He said, it took me so long to answer for the little that I have. We are going to answer for the one million land. You keep your one million land. I don't want it. Mm-hmm. What I'm trying to say, that is a situation with regard to when we have more, you have greater stress. Mm-hmm. And in the year after, I always tell people, and Ulama have made mention of this uh, example here, when you got more, it's a privilege. Mm-hmm. Right in some way. So, for example, you can you can travel in business class. So, when you travel in business class, uh, you will get a free lounge and you will get a completely flat bed. Whether the people who are sitting in economy class might not be able to have that. So now, what actually happens is here is a privilege. But in the year after, it's going to be a disadvantage. Mm-hmm. There, the people who don't have go quickly to Jannat. You don't have any money, you, have, you, are, you, are, you are poor, go to Jannah. The poor will go 500 years before the rich to Jannah. Mm. There you have, here you have more certain degrees of privilege. There you have more, you are going to be at a disadvantage. Mm. And this sums it up beautifully by Hazrat Rahman ibn Anhu. this example that Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Abdurrahman fil Jannah. But you see one day, Hazrat Rahman ibn Awf, there was a great amount of wealth and a convoy of goods that came into Medina and everyone was surprised by that convoy and what type of goods were coming. And everyone was just like in amazement, wonderment, what beautiful goods are coming. And all of a sudden, you know, they, they make mention. So Aisha was in a, in, a, in a room and she said, what's happening? What's the commotion in Medina? Why is everyone running? Ummul Mu'mineen, O Mother of the Faithful, everyone is running to see the goods and the convoy of Abdurrahman ibn Auf. Subhanallah. <laughs> so Aisha radiallahu ta'ala happened to tell people and said, so true that Nabi Karim Salsam said, Abdurrahman will go into Jannah crawling. He will go mm. into Jannah crawling. 
So someone went to Tal Abdul Rahman ibn Auf. He came running. Oh, mother of the faithful, did you hear Nabi Akarim Sallallahu saying this? Yes, Nabi Akarim Sallallahu said this. And he said, what is the way out of that? How, how can I make things easy for me? And Hazrat Aisha Radhi said, go and give wealth in the path of Allah. Go help the poor. Mm-hmm. Go and help the people who are underprivileged. That Allah Ta'ala must save you from accountability of that wealth on the day of Qiyamah. So when this happened, Abdul Rahman ibn Awf said, Ummul Mu'mineen, I make you a witness that all of this wealth that has come, the entire Medina, all, you know, all <laughs> impressed. Because Medina was, at that time, not so, you know, in terms of wealth. And here was someone coming and there was camel loads of things coming. Oh, Ummul Mu'mineen, I make you a witness. All of that, I gave it out to the poor of Medina. <laughs> when Abdul Rahman ibn Awf, passed away and they buried him, Ali radiallahu ta'ala remarked, and he said, here is a person who had wealth and who fulfilled the rights of wealth. So I'm just giving an example that when you have wealth, now here in this world, you have to look after it. It causes its own stress. In the year after, it will even be more stressful. Now you have to rec- account for everything. Two of the questions that Allah will ask us on the day of Qiyamah will be about wealth. How did you accumulate it and how did you spend it? Mm-hmm. Very, very true. That is the answering that we will have to give in the grave. We will have to answer for everything that we spent and everything that we earned. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy for us.